And we're going to go to the book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, in your Old Testament, as we start this series, don't miss out. Don't miss out. How many of you don't like to miss out on things? How many want to be right there when something's happening? You want to be there. You want to catch it. You know, if in and outs having a special, you want to get there. Amen. Man, today I had I had Filipino food today. Let me tell you something. I had I had lumpia and pancit and and fried fish with jalapenos and and some kind of fruit salad stuff that Brother Pastrana said didn't have sugar, but it had lots of sugar in it. And boy, it was exciting. And and I just love Filipino food. And uh, I, I miss it when I don't get to have it. All right, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out, and I don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to miss out on the promised land, on the promised land. Now, of course, we know the promised land in the Old Testament was the land that God had prepared and promised to the Jewish people, his chosen people. We're not Jewish people. Most of us here are Gentiles tonight. We're saved by the blood of Christ. Amen. And so we are God's children, but we're not like the Jewish people. But there are certain things that God promises us that he wants us to have certain things that God promises us that he wants us to be able to experience in our life. And if we don't obey God, we'll miss out. We'll miss out. All right, I'm going to read a little bit more scripture than usual tonight. If you look with me at Numbers chapter 13, and we're going to start in verse number one. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan. If you're with me, say amen. All right. Which gave unto the children of Israel of every tribe of their fathers, ye shall send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get ye up this way southward and go up into the mountains. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob, as men cometh to Hamath, cut down from thence. Verse 25, and they returned from searching the land after how many days? Forty days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and said unto the congregation of the children of Israel under the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we came into the land whither thou sentest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey. God didn't lie about that. And this is the fruit of it. They brought some grapes of estral. Verse 28, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled, very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. These were the giants. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coasts of Jordan. The Lord is long-suffering in great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgressions, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee. What do we see here? We see Moses is pleading with God for the children of Israel. Moses says, listen, God, please pardon them. The iniquity of this people according unto the greatness of thy mercy, as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. And the Lord looked at Moses and said, I have pardoned according to thy word, but as I live, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these 10 times and have not hearkened unto my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. Father, I pray that you bless the message tonight. Help us not to miss out on the promises that you have in our life. And Lord, we recognize tonight, Lord, that there are many things that you expect out of us in your word. 
And so, Lord, I pray that we would learn to obey. And Lord, help us not to miss out. Help us to recognize tonight that, yes, there are things in the world that look amazing and look like they're fun and look like it's a good choice. But the truth is, the promised land is found in obedience to you and to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. When I was a boy, about seven or eight years old, my mom went out of town. I don't know where she went. And uh, I was left behind and uh, I, I was left in my dad's care. Now, when I was a kid, I loved hanging out with my dad. He was the coolest dude around. My dad had a cool beard. I can't grow a beard. I look like Shaggy when I start growing a beard. I look terrible. And uh, I look sick. If I, had, if I came and started growing, you'd say, what's wrong, Pastor? And, and, uh, and my dad had a cool beard. He had a cool truck. I loved hanging out with my dad. We just, I just loved being with him. And so I remember my dad, my mom was out of town, and my dad made me a promise. He said, son, he said, I got to leave you while I go to work. I'm going to leave you at your aunt's house. And my aunt lived close to where we live. And uh, he, he left me there. He said, I'm going to go to work. He said, when I get back, he said, we are going, you and me, son, we are going to Peter Piper Pizza. Now, I don't know if you know what Peter Piper Pizza is, but to a seven-year-old, that's as close to the promised land as you're going to get. I'm talking about land flowing with milk and pizza, amen? I mean, it was awesome. They had arcade games. They had that big vat, you know, with all those gross, uh, sticky, like those plastic balls. You know what I'm talking about? They had one of those giant pools of all that, and the kids would throw up in there and lose their stuff in there. That, I mean, they had one of those, and they had, I mean, it, they had that big giant, you know, I don't know if it was, I don't know what it was, but one of the big giant animals that come out and give you a hug, and, and you got to win prizes. How many know what I'm talking about? Like Chuck E. Cheese, that kind of thing. Peter Piper Pizza. I was so excited, David. I was pumped. I was pumped. Well, my, my cousin and I weren't the best kids around. and We were hooligans. And uh, so we decided, I think we both have ADHD. But anyway, I think we decided, we decided to play with fire that day. And we know fire is not good. We lived in Arizona. Fire is really not good. And so I, we, don't worry, when we play with fire, we did it safely. Okay, We took precautions. We played with fire out by the old wood, all the, the old wood pile next to a field with tall grass. You know, we took almost every safety precaution. Now, I'll just make a long story short. The short of it is we got in big trouble. We got caught. My aunt caught us. I don't know how we got caught. I think my cousin dimed me out. But anyway, it's a long story. We got in big trouble. Here comes my dad in the truck. And I'm thinking, man, I'm getting the spanking of a lifetime. I'm thinking, don't, don't think ill of him. This was back in the 80s. All right. So. And the Bible's still the Bible, amen? So anyway, um, I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And so here he comes. He comes out of his truck, and I see my aunt walk over there and talk to him, or maybe she called him. I don't know what happened. I just know this. My dad walked up to me, and, and here I am, seven years old. I still remember this like it was yesterday. He said, I guess we're not going to Peter Piper Pizza. Yeah, I know. Psychologically damaging. I'm getting my revenge tonight. No, I'm just kidding. That was 30 years ago. And I still remember that. I missed out on a seven-year-old's promised land. I missed out. I missed out. My father had prepared to take me there. I missed out. My father had prepared blessings of pizza and games and fun, and I missed out. I missed out. Why did I miss out on all that? Because I was disobedient. I did something I knew I wasn't supposed to do. I did something that wasn't right. And so I suffered the consequences. I missed out. And church family, listen to me carefully tonight. There's some promises that God has that I don't want to miss out on. I don't want to miss out on. Bible scholars tell us that there are estimated over 8,000 promises in Scripture. 
Promises for your marriage, promises for your family, promises of your salvation, promises to those who work hard, promises to good stewards of their finances, promises to those that give to the Lord, promises to those that witness for Christ, promises to those who pray, promises to those who fast, promises to those that are faithful to the house of God. There's a lot of promises in scripture. And I don't want to miss out on those. You and I have the opportunity in our life to enter into the promised land, so to speak, of our lives. If we're willing to follow God's command, tonight we've read the story of the 12 spies who went to Canaan. Ten were bad, two were good. We've read about, and you've heard about this probably since you were little, about the 12 spies and how they, God had promised them to take care of them. And the Israelites had come through a lot of things uh, all the way up to this moment in time. And boy, they didn't have water and God made water come out of a rock. And boy, they wanted meat. And all of a sudden, thousands of quail come into the camp. So they ate quail, the Bible says, until it came out of their nose. They were so full of quail. And they needed something to eat. And God provided manna. Don't forget about what God did in Egypt. God had done some incredible things for these people. Already had proven themselves over and over again. I think about those of you young people that are sitting in this room and you could watch God do things for your parents. I remember as a young person watching God take care of my parents as they stepped out by faith. I remember God uh, taking care of uh, my little brother when he had surgery. And I remember all of these different things I saw God do in my parents' life. But you know what's funny is after your parents, after you get to be about 18, 19 years old, all of a sudden it gets, it gets a little bit different because you have to trust God on your own now. It's not just about what your parents believe anymore. It's about what you believe. Are you going to trust in God? And so we see this generation of Israel. They come to this point where they're ready to go into this promised land. God said, I will give it to you. And they had a choice to make. And so tonight, I, I want to try to help us from not entering into those promised, the promised land that God has for each one of us in our lives and so this is a simple story. So let's keep the message very simple tonight. I only have two points. The first point is this, where is your promised land? Where is your promised land? Numbers chapter 14, verse one, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night when the, uh, when the, 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 the 10 came and said, this is impossible. We can't do this. The people are great. And, and listen, I know God said that we can't, but I'm telling you, we can't do it. We just can't do it. The people, the Bible says, lifted up their voice. They cried. They wept. All the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt or would God that we had died in the wilderness? Isn't it amazing that these people have been given everything by God? Everything, food, clothes. Freedom, family. They had walked through the Red Sea. They had done all of these things. God has done everything, but for some reason, it wasn't enough for them. The pillar by day, the fire by night, the protection, the manna, the quail, the water, the spoil from Egypt, all of those wonderful blessings they had received wasn't enough for them. God promises them a land, not just some place in the backside of the desert but the promised land, a beautiful land flowing with milk and with honey. This was a fruitful land, an amazing land. In other words, everything that they would need, God would provide in this land. God would take care of them. He would provide for them. He would protect them. He would help them as they came into this land, but they decided, nope, no. And they brought an evil report. Look at verse 32. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched. They brought up this evil report. They saw the giants. These guys are huge. They're going to crush us. We're like grasshoppers. How many think that's a little bit of an exaggeration? We're like grasshoppers in their sight. 
And then people begin to turn their back on Moses and Aaron. Every time these people start to doubt God and doubt Moses and disobey what God tells them to do, listen carefully, they start to talk about Egypt. They start to talk about, oh, we should just go back to Egypt. Oh, that we had died in Egypt. It was so much better in Egypt. What about the slavery? What about the bondage? Oh, forget about that. You should have seen the beans that they had back there. They had great beans. And they start to reminisce and they start to uh, think about Egypt. There's someone tonight who might be listening tonight in this room or watching online maybe. Your mind is consumed with Egypt. You might be thinking about how am I going to get out of this family? How am I going to get out of church and trying to figure out how can I bail on my faith and not make people mad at me? How can I bail on God? I don't really believe this. I'm not really into this. And and boy, I tell you, as soon as I get my opportunity, I'm out of here. Egypt looks good. And and after all, look at my friends in Egypt. Boy, they're having a great time eating all that garlic over there. Your mind might be consumed with Egypt tonight. Let's just consider what God had done for the Israelites. They were in bondage. They were in slavery. That's what Egypt does. It makes you a slave. It makes you a slave. You're a slave to Egypt. You say, what do you mean by that? I'm talking about the world, disobeying God. and say, I don't want to have anything to do with God. I don't want to have anything to do with my Bible. I don't forget about that. Forget about prayer. Forget about church. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go have a good time over here in Egypt. That's going to put you in slavery. And all I'm saying to you tonight is don't wake up at 30, 40, 50 years old and realize you've been a slave your entire life. Egypt is not where you want to go. You ask some of these people here tonight that were spent most of their life in Egypt, they'll tell you there's nothing good in Egypt. How many raise your hand and say there's nothing good in Egypt? And these young people here tonight, they're sitting here and listen, I, I'm just trying to help you young people look at here. You might be thinking, oh, Egypt is, is the way to go. I want to tell you something. There's nothing good in Egypt. There's nothing good out there. And listen, I've watched people in my pastoral experience who come and come to church and they find salvation and they find grace and they find love in Christ. And they literally watch the shackles of Egypt drop off of their wrists and they realize what God has done in their life. And with tears flowing down their face, they say, I'm so glad that I got out of Egypt. Amen. And then there's young people who say, I can't wait to go to Egypt. Can't wait. Oh, why would you do that? Oh, why would you go back? Just like the Israelites. Oh, I wish we would have died in Egypt. They had some great beans in Egypt. He brought them through these miracles, these plagues that he brought. And remember the blood on the, the doorposts and the angel of death. They had the pillar of the fire. They fed them. He, and all of these things God has done for you. Think about what God is. Young person, listen. Think about what God has done for you. He's saved your soul from an eternal place in hell. God has brought you to this church and your family. And here you are. God has brought you here. And he's allowed you to see what you've seen. He's allowed you to experience what you've, infi- what you've experienced. And people love you and invest in your life. And listen, people my age too, not just young people my age and older. Listen, what God has done in your life and the investment that God has made in your life. And, and I'm just simply saying tonight, why would you leave all that and go back to Egypt? Why would you do that? God gives you a church. God gives you his word. God gives you the gift of prayer. God gives you all of these things. And what does he ask for in return? Obedience. Obedience. Can I ask you a question? Where is your promised land? What do you think you're going to find in Egypt? Are you listening tonight? I'm out of here. What do you think you're going to find? You think you're going to find a great marriage in Egypt? Brother Asperly, I hate to embarrass you. Would you stand up? Where's Brother Gonzalez? Brother Gonzalez, would you stand up? Where's Brother Linder? Is he in the room? 
Brother Linda, would you stand up? Brother Stewart, would you stand up? Uh, where's, where's uh, let's see, that's a fine. Here's some of the guys on staff here. These guys, you and you and you grew up in this church and now you're on staff, married and God has done a wonderful, now you have kids and, and you think you're going to find a marriage and a family like that in Egypt? It's not going to happen. Thank you, made me seated. I'm just using them because they're staff. I don't want to embarrass anybody else. Amen. See, Pastor, you don't know who I'm married to. It is no, no. Yeah. I'm going to sit down right now. I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, you're not going to find that in Egypt. <laughs> now, you might, because God's grace is so good. Isn't God's grace good? Yes. You might get married in Egypt and God does a work of grace in your life. Amen. That's happened to a lot of people. Thank God for his grace. It goes far beyond our comprehension. But I want to tell you something. Why would you take the chance on that? Don't roll the dice on that. No, no, no. Obey God. Obey his word. Follow his word. I'm just simply saying, you think you're going to find kids that love God in Egypt? You're going to raise kids that love God and teach their kids to love God? You think that's going to happen in Egypt? doesn't happen. You think you're going to find freedom and peace and fulfillment in Egypt? Oh, pastor, you should see the beans they have in Egypt. Quit talking about the beans. Think about the promised land. That's milk and honey. I'll take milk and honey over beans any day, unless they're refried beans. Give me some chips and some refried beans. I'm happy. Amen. (laughs) Oh, I'm simply saying tonight, there's some things in Egypt you don't want. Matter of fact, there's nothing in Egypt that you do want. Why would you want to go back to Egypt? Why would you want to miss out on the promised land? What does your promised land look like? Teenager, can I ask you a question? What does your promised land look like? I ask teenagers this sometimes. What do you want when you grow up? Do you want a wife that loves you? Will stay with you and stay faithful to you? Do you want kids that love God and love you? Do you want to have that kind of a thing in your life? What does your promised land look like? Mark it down, young adult. Mark it down, mom and dad. Mark it down, Christian. You don't want what Egypt has to offer. You want what the promised land has to offer. It's a thousand times better than anything you think you're going to find in Egypt. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. In my life, there are a few times when I was younger that I almost went back to Egypt. How many in your life and through your Christian journey, there were a few times it came close, you almost went back to Egypt. How many glad you didn't? Young people, listen, there are going to be times in your life where uh, there's going to be a strong pull on you guys. You're going to meet a girl. Uh, girls, you're going to meet a guy. There's going to be a strong pull on you to go to Egypt. I want to tell you, I'm pleading with you. As your pastor here, I would give my left arm for you not to go back to Egypt or go into Egypt. I'm just telling you tonight, the heartache and the pain and the suffering and the the turmoil that's found in Egypt. Why would you go there? Why would you go there? God is able. There have been times in my life where I thought my pastor didn't know what he was talking about. There have been times in my life where I thought my dad didn't know what he's talking about, my mom. I mean, remember thinking that way. The older I get, the smarter my parents get. I mean, know what I'm talking about. I remember being a teenager and thinking my parents, they fell off the turnip truck, man. They don't know what's going on. They knew exactly what was going on. And I'm just simply saying tonight, and you may not be in that area. You might be a little bit older and you might be thinking, pastor doesn't know what he's talking about. Listen, I don't know everything. I know this though. You don't want Egypt. You don't want Egypt. You want the promised land that God has. You want the obedience. You want to listen to God and obey his word and do everything that you can to find that promised land that God has promised you. Where is your promised land tonight? Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? Where do you want to be in 20 years? Where is your promised land? In your heart, what do you see as your promised land? If you think that getting away from your parents is promised land, you're mistaken. If you think that getting out of church and getting out of church and all these things is your promised land, you're not going to find, that's not a good promised land, amen? 
I can find it. You think you're going to marry that person and it's going to solve all your insecurities and all your problems and getting married, that's not going to, that's not going to help. That's not going to help. The promised land is obedience to God, period, period. So I just want to help us tonight. You're not going to find the promised land at college. You're not going to find the promised land marrying that person. You're not going to find the promised land moving to another state. You're not going to find the promised land going to a different kind of church. You're not going to find the promised land there. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't move, and I'm not saying you can't go to a different church. What I'm saying is you find the promised land in obedience to Christ. Amen. That's where you find it. Amen. Now, if you're obedient to Christ and you get married, then it's a wonderful thing. If you go to college and you're excited to go to college and you're being obedient to God, that's a wonderful thing, and you should go to college. Amen? I mean, I'm just saying there's things that we need to do, but, but that's, that's where we find it. Brother Asperly, if you could come help me with those. I want to give you just a quick illustration tonight on... Egypt versus the promised land. And I'll give you the second point here. We're given a choice, obedience or disobedience. We either do what God says or we don't do what he says. Let me say that's pretty simple. All right, let me repeat it because I know you're watching Brother Asprelli, making sure he gets that on the door. All right, you got it? Good. All right, good. How many tonight recognize it's pretty simple? We're either obedient or we're disobedient. That's very simple. God says to do it. What should we do? We should do it. God says, don't do it. What should we do? Don't do it. Okay, little kids, if you're a little kid, if God says to do it, what should we do? Do it. If God says, don't do it, what should we do? Oh, you're smart. You're smart. Most of them got it right. Amen. That's a blessing. Oh, it's so simple. So let me, let me just give you number two tonight. Number two, which way are you going to go? What promise, what does your promised land look like? And what way are you going to go? What way are you going to go? Did you take your Bibles and look at verse 30 with me? And Caleb stilled the people. He stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. And here they are, they're in front of Moses and they're <clears throat> telling him this evil report. And here's the promised land over here. And God said, I want you to have that promised land. I, I've prepared it for you. I'm going to help you with all the ites, the Jebusites and the Amorites and all the ites. We're going to get rid of those people. I'm going to give you that land flowing with milk and honey. And they keep talking about Egypt back in the slavery and bondage. They had a choice. They're either going to go to the promised land or they're going to go back to Egypt. Now, can you picture Caleb? Can you picture Caleb in your mind? I mean, with me, can you picture Caleb? And here comes the people. And can you picture Caleb trying to, trying to convince them? No, listen. No, guys, let's try to steal the people. Listen, hold on. No, don't go to, don't do that. No, listen, the promised land, God, God has the promised land for us. Listen, stop. Stop. No, don't do that. Please don't do that. Guys, listen, listen, listen. The promised land is where we want to go. Don't go out there. Please, no. Can you see Caleb? Can you see Caleb? They're going to go smoke right now, I think. But. <laughs> Can you see Caleb pleading with them? Listen, no, don't do this. Please don't. Don't turn your back on God, please. No, please, listen, don't. What, what are you thinking? He's trying to steal the people. He's trying to get them to make the right decision. We can do this. God said we can do this. We should go up at once. We should go up at once. Can you picture him? Please, please go the other way. Please. Can you see Caleb pleading with the people to obey God, pointing them to the promised land? Listen, tonight, I don't know in your mind. I know what I have in my mind, in my heart. I don't know what God is telling you to do, but just obey it. Amen? Amen. I can't answer that question for everyone, but I don't know what God is telling you to do. Just obey it. 
and obey it and obey God's word and obey what he says. Listen, I'm pleading with you tonight. Don't go out, Egypt. Young people, listen, I don't know if you're considering uh, just getting away from this thing and this isn't really real to you. And tonight, maybe you're just here because your parents make you be here. Can I just plead with you? Don't go out that door. Don't go out that door. Listen, stay in church and keep reading your Bible. If it doesn't make sense, stay here and keep reading until it does make sense. Don't go out that door. There's nothing good out that door. No, God has a promised land for you. God has some great things for your life if you'll just trust him. I said, if you'll just trust him, you'll just trust him. Oh, don't go out that door. Oh, my friends, but they didn't listen. Thank you, men, for doing that. They didn't listen. The Bible says they lifted up their voice and cried, and they wept. And then, isn't it amazing that those who don't want God, they band together and they go find a different leader. Are you listening tonight? They find a different leader. Say, well, I want to go do my own thing. No, you're going to do what somebody else wants you to do. You don't leave God and do your own thing. You leave God and you do what someone else wants you to do. And it's bondage, slavery. God is the only one that offers freedom. And so isn't it amazing? Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were them that searched out the land, they rent their clothes, they ripped their clothes. They were grieving because of the decision of the people. And they spake to the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through and search, it is excellent, and it is a good land. If the Lord delight in us, he will bring us into the land. And he gave it to us, and it flows with milk and honey. Verse 9, Only rebel ye not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not, but all the congregation bade to stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle. God said, okay, we're going to shut this down right now. Verse 11, and the Lord said unto Moses, how long will this people provoke me? How long will err that they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? Moses, Aaron, Joshua, Caleb could not convince them to make the right choice. And this is where people make a mistake. And I'll wrap it up with this. Listen to me carefully tonight. Here's the problem. Young people, single adults, young married couples, old married couples. I should say wise married couples. Listen carefully tonight. Here's what we think. Well, I don't really want to go out that door, so I'm going to go to Egypt. Can I just tell you something? That door doesn't lead to Egypt. That door leads to the wilderness. Let's just go back to Egypt. Why don't we just go die in Egypt? Man, they have garlic and leeks and beans, all the beans you can eat in Egypt. You're never going to make it to Egypt. Those people that rebelled against God, they never made it back to Egypt. They died in the wilderness. And here's, the, here's the promise. Once you're a child of God, the world doesn't want you anymore. Once you're saved and you're a child of God, you can forget going back to Egypt. You're not going to get back there. You won't find satisfaction. You won't find any kind of encouragement. You won't find any kind of satisfaction. You won't find anything. There's nothing good for you left in Egypt. You'll wander in the promised land your whole life. Until you die in the in the excuse me, you'll wander in the wilderness your whole life until you die in the wilderness. You think, well, I'm going to go back. I'm going to listen. I I'm just going to you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out here and I'm going to go to Egypt for a while, and then I'm going to go back to the promised land when I get have fun in Egypt. Let me tell you something. You may never be able to come back. God's grace is such that many do, and I thank God for that. I want to tell you something. Don't roll the dice on that. Amen. Listen. You think you're going to find Egypt? You're not going to, you're going to get stuck in the wilderness out from under God's wing, out from under God's protection. You're missing out. Don't miss out. Why would you do that? Well, I just want to experience it for myself. My dad used to tell me something very profound. 
You don't have to get hit by a Mack truck to know what it feels like. That's pretty wise. You don't have to experience the wilderness to know that it's not good for you. Ask somebody who's been out there. Amen? The children of Israel missed out. They spent their entire lives in the wilderness. And then they died. Thank God their kids got to experience it. Their kids got to go into the promised land. They got to experience what God had for them, what he had prepared for them, what he wanted them to do all along, but they had missed it. Well, that's not fair. I want to do my own things. I'm sorry. Can I ask you a question? Did God bring you out of Egypt or not? Well, that's not fair. I don't, I don't think that that's fair. So let me get this straight. You want salvation? You want heaven? You want the blessings of God? You want to be able to pray and get answers to prayer? You want to have God work in your life? You want to be able to read the Bible and get something out of it? You want to be able to have all these things? You want all the good things associated with salvation, but you don't want to obey? Doesn't make any sense. You want that good feeling. You want that love. You want that grace. You want that forgiveness. You want heaven. You want all the good things of God, but you don't want to obey? It's not fair. It is fair. God brought us up out of Egypt. And you're right, it's not fair. Grace is not fair. (laughs) Amen. We deserve so much worse. For by grace are you saved through faith. Oh, I'm so thankful for the grace of God in my life. For every person in the room tonight, we have a choice. It's the promised land, or it's that way. But you're not going to get to Egypt. Once you're a child of God, once you are saved and a child of God, listen, you're not going to find satisfaction out that door. Don't spend your life wandering in the wilderness, missing out on the wonderful things that God has for those that learn to obey, that learn to obey. In my house, and I'll close with this, I have four boys, 15, 13, right? 12. 15, 12, 11, and six. I'm just glad I got that wrong in front of everybody. So, and uh, sometimes, you know, we, we tell the kids to do things. Any parents do that? You ever tell your kids to do things? And we ask them, you know, clean your room or clean out the car or do these different things. And, and, you know, it's amazing that when they obey and they have a good spirit about it, how generous I feel. Boy, I feel so generous. I just want to say, guys, man, it, you guys did such a good job. Let's go to McDonald's and get a milkshake. Amen. Let's go to In-N-Out, not McDonald's. What am I saying? Let's go to In-N-Out and get a milkshake. Amen. And you guys did so good. Boy, I want to take you, I want to take you and buy you a toy. And, and, and you know, when they, when they obey, boy, it's amazing how it opens my heart and my generosity towards them. But boy, when they disobey, let me recognize I don't want to take them anywhere and buy them anything. <laughs> I'm not as gracious as God is. But may I just say tonight, God just wants us to obey him. And when you do, His heart of generosity pours out on you. You find the blessings and the wonderful things that God has promised for us. So tonight, the simple message is don't miss out on the promised land. Every head bowed and every eye closed.